Like I just think back at the date right now and we're getting the store ready and we're screwing the fixtures to the wall and everything. And so in March, we got to open and two days later, COVID shut us down, right? Did you have a moment of real regret that you had gone all in with the retail? (laughs) I'll be totally blunt about it. I mean, people ask me that all the time. Had you known, of course I wouldn't have. I would have stayed at home in my nice 750 square foot basement that we built specifically for this business 20 years ago. And we would have wrote it out. But you and I both know you're in it and you can't quit. I guess you can, but I can't. My personality wouldn't let me quit. I mean, this is your pride. This is you. Like, I still feel that way that if I can't keep this going, that's a huge failure. Sometimes the stakes are even higher than you anticipated. Welcome to Here's How It's Done, brought to you by the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba, the go-to place for women looking to start or expand their businesses. I'm your host, Kate Friesen. This podcast brings you first-hand stories from enterprising women in Manitoba, women in business who know about high stakes. So if you have ever dreamt of taking the leap, you are in the right place. If you've already been running with a great idea and launched a business, lean in. And if you just love a good story where the stakes are high and the character refuses to give up, well, buckle up. Let's get going. On today's show, we are headed to the main street of Flin Flon, where Cindy Pedwell, owner and operator of Ped's Threads, opened her first retail outlet in March of 2020. It was a dream come true for Cindy when those doors opened to customers for the first time. Yep, just two days before the pandemic slammed them shut again. And she is the first to say that this year has been quite a ride so far. I can't even tell you, like, Cindy a year ago to Cindy today... I would have been like, girlfriend, let's get a checklist. Like, I really, and I mean, that's experience for you. You don't know, you have a vague idea that it's a huge undertaking and there's a lot to it. But at the end of the day, there's an awful lot to it. I don't know if I'll ever say it's finished. (laughs) It's not like Cindy came to this without a lot of business acumen. She grew up surrounded by entrepreneurs Her parents actually landed in Flin Flon when they took the leap to buy a diamond drilling business. Her sister and brother both have business ventures as well. That's just kind of what I know. And actually, all my cousins own businesses. One does gold mining up in the Yukon. One has a fly-in fishing lodge. Like, it's all what I knew growing up. I'm the youngest of all my siblings and my cousins, too. So um, I didn't really get to see anything else. Cindy started her own business 20 years ago, just six months after her daughter was born. All these years of all my other jobs I've had, I've always worked on the side doing graphic arts, which is what I still do now, but I would print menus and business cards and letterhead for people and just kind of do that. So I was already kind of tinkering in that a tiny bit. But I had Tori and I'm sorry, I just could not, I don't know what it is, I just couldn't leave my baby. So My husband said, well, why don't you just try running what you're doing on the side as a full-time business? And I kind of thought, I don't know, is it it enough? 
It was Cindy's sister who told her about a friend of hers who had bought an embroidery machine. And she was doing some work for sports teams and personal orders. Deb said, you're into all that, Cindy. You would you would do so good. At, you should try that. So that's when I got brave. And I'm like, you know what? I'll borrow a little bit of money. I'll buy a single head machine and I'll run it as a home-based business. Now, you know, I've been born and raised in Flin Flon. Everybody knows me here. I worked uh, at the hospital where 1,200 other people worked, and I was in the administration. So you kind of got to see everybody. I had also worked for Greenstone Community Futures for a couple of years before the hospital. So I was already had relationships with other business owners. So I felt super confident that I could do this. Well, I was only open two or three months, and I was overwhelmed with work. And so it was about a full year, year and a half that I did it with one machine. And then I bought a really large one so that I've got five embroidery heads all together. There's five years between my kids. So when I had Ryan, I had hired a person, probably three quarter time work to help me out. Um, as business grew and as my kids got older, you know, I wanted to be more challenged and expand. And then the business just kept growing because, you know, you get your word out and everybody likes what you're doing. And I was involved, right? I'm in hockey, we're in skating, people knew me. So the business really grew. And it was quite a few years ago that I contemplated moving to full retail uptown, but there was always something that happened. One year, Cindy was about to sign a lease for a shop when there was a strike at one of the big mining companies in Flin Flon. So she held off then. But in January 2020, she went all in, leased a space, and got going on renovations. I was so happy to get out of home and to get into this beautiful new space that I'm super proud of and happy to be in and, and to have a disconnect from home. Because, like I said, for me in my type of business, I felt like we had just really outgrown home. It just wasn't working anymore. And I was almost embarrassed. Like people would come in and we had boxes sky high and they could hardly get in. And I'm, I'm sure they didn't even care. But to me, I felt like I wasn't presenting the best service to my customer. So for me, I was elated to come to the store. And two days later, COVID shut us down, right? The whole province got locked. During COVID, most people were so excited to work from home in their pajamas, right? And I was like, no, but you took away my, my dream now of putting on nice clothes and going to work and having discipline because I'm a workaholic. Um, when you work from home, you don't ever shut business off. Whether she was at home or at the new store, Cindy definitely couldn't shut business off now. She was in deep. And so for a couple months now, we're closed, but I've outlaid all this money and now I have to pay rent and I've borrowed money because I bought way more equipment and I've bought a whole bunch of inventory. And so we're trying to run just the decorating side because that's what people still know us for. And, but then that's all slowed down because hockey got shut down and um, all of our mine rescue competition that got shut down. That's a big uh, event for us or one of them. People weren't spending money anymore. So now we have even less income than normal in such a big scale. So during that time, we were, again, trying to figure out 
with the few days we were open and then trying to just use social media to say, hey, we're a clothing store, do you need any clothes? So that people understood that we changed, that we're something more than we used to be. And when you talk about that change, the something more than you used to be was? Yeah, so we used to be a decorating company. So if you were just looking for sports team uniforms, company uniforms, a personal gift, if you were a store that was selling your brand on a hoodie, that kind of stuff, we provided all that. So that's all we kind of did. And all those years, everyone had said to me, oh, you should sell your clothes. They're so nice. You should just sell them in a store. I'm sure it would do good. So that's kind of how we opened the store. We thought we had blanks. That's what we call an item that doesn't have a logo on it is a blank, is that people would come in and just buy that. And the short time we were open and trying to run through those couple of months of COVID being closed, we didn't really get a real sincere run at attempting to know what people wanted because COVID kind of stopped us from having customers to come in. So twice you had to shut your doors, right? Yeah. So the first time we barely were even open and um, I had hired uh, my second employee. So I have my Danica, my first employee that I've had for six years. So I hired my new girl Then I said to her, I'm sorry, like, I got to give you your two weeks because now we're closed. So yeah, I felt horrible that I had hired this person. She'd quit her job and had to lay her off, right? So not only do I feel crappy about my own business, I feel crappy that now I've ruined someone else's. And I didn't ruin her her life, but, you know, that's how you feel in the moment. You, You feel horrid. How did you get through that? That's a big bump to hit. You know, we had we had gotten through it okay, not great, because now, you know, we couldn't pay rent and our landlord had said, okay, well, we're not kicking you out, but you're going to have to still owe that rent later. So they kind of made me feel a little bit better that I could stay, but I mean, I was still accumulating that debt. And um, so that still was sort of difficult to work through, but we still had customers to serve. I mean, that's what business is about, is trying to keep them going and keep serving them. And then in May, when we could open, uh, I qualified for a summer student through the province of Manitoba, their COVID um, relief program. We were excited to have her. We were open, um, trying to understand, you know, how we could be open at a smaller capacity, all that kind of stuff. So here you go. You're you're back open. This is great. You had a summer student. You're getting dressed and driving to work in this new beautiful space. And then in November, what happens? That week, my two employees and I sat down and um, we kind of had a conversation of like, how are we going to survive this? Retail is kind of new to me. We sat down and said what do we sell and how do we make people come to us? And that really is is hard when you're a merchant, right? So if you're only service-based, you're selling you at that point. So people buy from you, not just because of price or the product, but they're buying the experience that you're giving them, your customer service, um, all that. But from the retail half of it, it was... We had to sit down and have this conversation of what are we and how are we different? And what can we sell that no one else sells? Because it's really hard to compete because now over the summer, like COVID closed in March, everybody, all businesses around the world got on 
the internet to sell more than they ever did before because you had to, because that was the only channel left that we were allowed to sell. And so it's a sea of competition. Everybody's selling whatever name brand you pick. You can just go online now and buy it. So now is it that you're working for 2% margin? What, what's the point? Take note. This is important. In the world of clothing, what was Ped's Thread's unique sales proposition? What differentiates the company? Remember, they hadn't had a lot of time to test this out with customers. But in an ironic turn, COVID had put them in a tight spot. And it was that tight spot that gave Cindy and her staff the aha moment. That's when I thought, you know what? We make our own stuff here. Let's make stuff that nobody else in the world has. Not that the light bulb just lit on, but we just said, well, we produce all the logos for everyone else. Why don't we make our own? We developed our own brand called Wild North. And while we were planning that, we decided we need to sell our local brands in our stores. So we're a really small town. You know, you can't saturate a small town with just one thing. So we decided to be like your local brand store. Our local junior hockey team here, we signed a contract with them to sell their merch because we make a lot of their merch that they sell at the rink already. Susky Sled Shop is one that we partnered with, uh, like a small business. He has a full-time job and then he's running his business on the side. And he wanted to sell some hoodies and stuff like that because everyone's asking for them. So we sell it for him and that's going really well. Um, A local bar... Uh, Actually, just today, she came in and signed that she's uh, cool with us selling that for them. So now we're helping our customers, our business neighbors try to make money too, right? And then no one else sells that stuff. So, So when we got to reopen here, I think it was February 6th, if memory serves me right, my new brand, that's all we sold that whole entire week, everybody, because we social mediated it, people came in to buy it, the Susky stuff is selling, the Bomber stuff is like. We found our niche. Cindy's selling local brands, including her own. And when she launched her Wild North clothing line, she wanted to make that buy local message loud and clear. And so we decided to do um, the sales of those shirts. We threw people's names in a draw and we purchased um, gift cards from three businesses. So I gave them money. I gave them business. And then hopefully those gift cards, those customers go and they buy even more than that from there. So it was meant to sort of network a thank you, first of all, to my custo- those specific customers that helped me through this time to try to show community support, to try to network, to try to get us all out there more. I mean, we all say shop local, but just to remind everybody that we're all here together and we all need each other to be successful. Ped's Threads made a limited line of their first Wild North t-shirt, 100 shirts. She bought $2,500 worth of gift cards from other local businesses. And everyone that bought a shirt got a chance at winning those gift cards. It only took a day and a half for that limited edition to sell out. That's a successful campaign for sure. But I really wanted to know how Cindy measures the success of her whole business. Oh, how do I measure success? I mean, a person would like to measure success by your bank account. No, I'm asking you, Cindy. 
how you do. Oh, like Cindy? <laughs> oh, hey, don't worry. I still look at my bank account. Like, Cindy, where's your damn bank account? Um, I think Ryan had to do something at school and talked about, what's your dream job? Mom, what's your dream job? And I'm like, I don't know. What is my dream job? And Kevin said, you're living your dream job. I'm like, damn right. It's like, here I am. I am. I am successful. Look, I built this from scratch. I didn't buy someone else's business. This kind of business was not in town. I did this myself. And all these struggles, even though they've been hard, I look at it and I go, I did this. Like These were all my decisions. So I do feel like it has been a very, very challenging time for me in this business and for me to feel successful. And yet, I feel like I'm not going to let you beat me. I didn't come this far to only come this far. I mean, yeah, you can quit. You can say, whatever, I'm done, put it up for sale, whatever. But why would you do that? I mean, there's still a lot of opportunity and hope. I really haven't cried in a long time now. (laughs) I've been strong. So there were tears this year. Uh, Yeah, there was. I mean, I feel like, well, actually, like at Christmas time, The month of December is overwhelmingly stressful in this kind of business. I also looked at my bank account for my business. Like everything was in the toilet. I had some major tears about it. And I had to let myself feel that grief. I feel like when I reflect back, I feel like I had to let that build up happen and let it out. And and then sort of, now make a plan. And I feel like this whole year of COVID, I haven't been able to follow any plan because every time you turn around, the rules are different. This can't happen. This isn't happening. You're expecting this event to go on. notes it's canceled. Yeah, like I want to say it kind of got the best of me. And I haven't, I have never felt that way in my business ever. Like I've never felt such, like it just sucked the life out of me. But um like I said, I digested it. I let it out. I came in and I just tried to put it all together and um, just put one foot in front of the other because I knew like there's always tomorrow and there really is. There's always tomorrow. You're not in the business of selling product. You're not. I mean, that's that's what you do. (laughs) What's your why? Why are you in this particular business? What gets you up every morning? Well, it's it's funny. My staff are always like, why do other businesses come in here and use you like you're, the, you're their therapist? Why are you always trying to help people, Cindy? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, when I worked at Greenstone, I was a business analyst. So people would come in with their business idea. And it was really exciting because it felt like I was starting a new business all the time. And that's a real high. That's exciting to start a new business and to be excited about it. So with this business, I'll be honest, it's kind of the same. It's pretty exciting when, you know, Susky Sled Shop sells so many hoodies. I'm just like, yeah. And then it's like, hey, I'm part of that. Even though you're not, you are, but you're not really, it's him. But you're part of that. And, you know, a new lodge uh, ownership happened and we're helping design a logo for them. And I feel like I get to be a part of that. And so I honestly feel like for me, what do I get out of it? I feel like I get that joy out of that. It's like helping those people be successful with their businesses. That's Cindy Pedwell, 
owner and operator of Ped's Threads. You can step into her store on Main Street in Flin Flon, Manitoba, or you can check out all the local brands she sells, including Wild North, at pedsthreads.com. And if your business needs promotional accessories, Ped's Threads is there for you too. You are listening to Here's How It's Done, brought to you by the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba. If Cindy's story has you thinking about launching or growing your business, head over to wecm.ca to find out how the Centre can help you succeed. This is the last edition of this podcast for Season 1, and I am so happy to let you know that there will be a Season 2. In the meantime, check out our previous episodes for more first-hand business stories. But before I say goodbye, I'd like to introduce you to one more special guest. Hi, I'm Sandra Aldner with the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba. And I think one of the most exciting things about working with women in business is to see the creativity and immense dedication that women bring to their enterprises. So this has really been a a year of incredible resilience for women entrepreneurs, and some of our clients have done amazing things in order to respond to the pandemic in ways that are really so inspiring. I, I think that resilience is more than just being able to survive. Resilience is a kind of bouncing back that includes the energy to be creative and to reinvent. And that means to see possibilities even when things are darkest. I call it the Rumpelstiltskin syndrome. Um, If you remember that story from our childhood where the princess is able to spin straw into gold And to me, that's the story of resilience, to be able to take what life throws at you and turn it into something really incredible and shining. And it's a kind of survival that I think, personally, I have seen our clients do in in ways that are astounding. Somebody once told me, and it was at a very, very difficult point in my life, So it really stayed with me, and it helped to turn me around in my life at that time. Someone told me that all races are one in the stretch. And that is that inspired me to believe that if I worked hard enough and long enough, that I would succeed. And that small setbacks were just opportunities to get better. And I've really carried that with me for years. If it's advice that I'm giving to other women, it's what happened that set you back? What happened that threw you off? What happened that didn't work? And then what can you do about that? What's the next step? What are some other things you can try? Where does this take you? It's a longer road sometimes than you think. And this is true particularly of women entrepreneurs, that to get to that place, that gazelle space where you're really in growth mode, women tend to take a little bit longer to get there because they have different things in their lives that they're dealing with that take their energy and their time. And so when they're really dedicated to their businesses, something that 
a person might think would take a year or two could take five or ten years. But at that point, there's been so much trial and error and learning that it's like a plane taking off. And I've seen this a couple of times where you'd be going along, working on your business and developing ideas and rejecting ideas and trying things out and failing or succeeding. And then there's like this click that happens and it's the right thing at the right time in the right way. And it's quite amazing to watch that happen. I think that one of the ways that that women work well together and can help each other to succeed is through the peer mentorship work that we're doing. We have a program now that we're introducing into rural Manitoba that we'll be doing in Winnipeg in the new fiscal year. And it's a peer mentorship program based on some of the things that we've done before that we've seen are successful in providing women with both learning, coaching, and the ability to become each other's advisory boards. A group of women sitting around a table who are all in business, recognizing how much they share in some of the things that happen to them and the stressors they they have in the situations that they find themselves and the difficulties and obstacles that they overcome have so much in common. And the first time we ever did a peer mentorship group, what was really extraordinary about it was at the end, each woman we spoke with, none of whom had met each other previously, talked about how amazing it was to find that shared experience because their friends and their families and anyone who was not in business didn't really understand the real obstacles that they were trying to overcome and the real challenges. So finding each other as strangers around the table, you know, without question, there was bonding that took place. And by by the end of a 10-week program, these women were fast friends, colleagues, and willing to continue as advisory boards for each other to work together and to find new ways to do things based on each other's experiences. It was probably one of the most inspiring experiences I've ever had. That's Sandra Altner, the CEO of the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba. Find out about peer mentorship and more at wecm.ca. And that's all for this edition of Here's How It's Done. You can subscribe to this podcast through any of your favorite podcast apps. And if you liked what you heard, check out our other episodes and give us a review. We would be so grateful to hear from you. Theme music is by Peter McIsaac. Additional music written and recorded by Charlotte Friesen. This episode was mastered by Madeline Roger and produced by me. Until next time, I'm Kate Friesen. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.